In this episode of the RV Small Talk Podcast, we're going to talk about things dealing with the cold weather that we're obviously all facing right now. But in particular, we started this conversation with how to keep your actual human body warm, not just your trailer. Yes, and then it transferred to how to keep your trailer warm as well. So we're just going to cover our ideas on staying warm. Uh, 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 staying warm, staying warm. (laughs) No? All right, stay tuned. It might be downhill from here. Mm -hmm. This week's sponsor, this episode's sponsor is Truck Camper Magazine. You've heard us talk about them for the past two weeks. They are fantastic. If you need any information regarding truck campers like a beginner would, or if you've been in the life and you just want to know all the cool places, stories, people are living with their truck campers, maybe some mods or tips and tricks, maybe you need to see a review on a new product that's out there even as big as a truck or a truck camper you need to check out truckcampermagazine.com or go to their facebook page truck camper magazine and learn all the cool stuff related to the truck camping lifestyle now i get it there are a lot of people who aren't into truck campers that doesn't matter because the equipment is largely the same and the stories of travel are still going to inspire you you need to check them out truckcampermagazine.com they are good friends of ours we we love every single thing we see from them so check them out truckcampermagazine.com welcome again to this episode of the rv small talk podcast um we are one person down Lindsay isn't with us today yeah and it's because of the cold because of the cold and and schools shutting down and and mom duties so and 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 ice let's not forget that we are in the middle of an ice storm yes. which is why half the world has shut down so Lindsay, we miss you this is not going to be as good or the same without you but in the meantime i'm clint i'm pj And we welcome you to this episode of the RV Small Talk Podcast. Let's dive right in. Okay, PJ, um, you were supposed to be camping in in like T-minus 24 hours. Oh, I know. And I'm so sad that I don't get to do that. I mean, it really came down to the wire and we knew it was going to be cold. Is it just the cold that made it not go through? What happened there? Well, uh, it's not just the cold because I was, I will have to tell you, I was a little timid because camping in freezing weather is just not something that I have done a lot of. You know, I'm from Texas. Texas. Mm -hmm. We just don't have to deal with it that much. Right. I think last year it was cold all of three days throughout the whole year. Now, somebody's going to look that up and tell me I'm wrong. Okay. All right. But it sure wasn't much. So... This year, it has been super cold, lots of weather, and in came the ice storm. The ice storm. That was it when I said, all right, I am down for cold. I am just not down for ice. Yeah. Um, in fact, we we kind of asked our community and everyone was all on board. Everyone's <laughs> I know. Like, they made me camp, feel kind of wimpy. And I was like, okay, I can do this. It's great. You know, we got great suggestions. Mm-hmm. I, I am loaded. I have got quilts, you know, ready to put in the camper. Yeah. I've got bourbon. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> I've, I've got a... There's a, fire on the inside, y'all. Yes. <laughs> and I, you know, plenty of propane. I was doing all my double checks and we've had a lot of conversation about staying warm. I just, I, I kind of had all the things. People gave me gracious ideas right, on my Facebook right. page. Thank you so much. But yeah. in the end, geez, it, the ice storm hit and... You know, massive car pileups and right. bad roads. Right in the area just, that you were going to camp in. Just terrible things mm-hmm. happening. And uh, you know what? I We canceled. So I, I think that's perfectly fair. I think it's the wise thing when it came down to the weather. Cold is fine. Cold can be handled and managed. Um, and you can have a blast cold weather camping. But no traction on the roads <laughs> that is a just, big issue or you were going to camp with Lindsay and the, and the kids as well and you want them to explore and be outside but if it's all icy or, or sleeting or freezing rain like what we have been continuously having yeah. um, well I, I actually was kind of feeling wimpy until yesterday I went out to get my car to go home and I couldn't get in the door I couldn't get the door open I, um, 
Yeah. Is your car that small all of a sudden? Uh, no, it was iced over. Yeah, you and I, I can get free. the handle. So I grabbed something out of my purse. I don't even know what it was, and I just chipped away at Started the handle. Wailing at it. <laughs> I, I did start wailing at the handle, and eventually I got it open. And I was like, "Okay, all right, maybe, maybe this is a good move." Well, I can I can tell you, my truck had a good. Uh, I would say, let's go metric, almost a centimeter metric. Thick. <laughs> yeah, almost a centimeter thick of encrusted, really solid ice because it was freezing on impact, yes. and it, and and my um, my antenna, which uh-huh. is was this, was this long icicle antenna. <laughs> you know, it's kind of interesting to watch while I was driving because as it flexed, it would get these little cracks in it, but it made a whole lot more noise while I was yeah. on the road. Well, I, I thought, it, you know, actually, when I left, I we locked the door and I had two or three texts. We all left together kind of very shortly after five mm-hmm. trying to get home. And I went out in the parking lot. It was kind of magical sure. to see all of these campers with like six inch icicles right. all over them, little icicles. And I was like, oh. Oh, isn't that kind of cool? And I know you see this and then all freezing the time. Rain up hit north, you in the eye, but, and your ice, but eye we don't over. see it all the time. And it <laughs> just was this kind of magical, kind of almost Christmassy feeling thing. And yeah. I was like, oh, so cool. And I was taking pictures, and I got to my car, and mm-hmm. I couldn't get the door open. I was like, dang, <laughs> that's the end of the oh, fun. <laughs> this is not so fun. So, uh, but. We did spend a lot of time the past few days talking about how to stay warm if we did go. Yeah. So we thought we would share that. Well, from a camping standpoint, and I'm talking, I'm going to start off a little bit more camping purist where you're where we're, even aside from having a trailer with propane and heat, taking care of your person, your human body is square one, no matter your format. That's right. And this is so right up your alley, Clint. I'm so glad to be doing this podcast with you because <laughs> because <laughs> you are the wannabe Boy Scout. Yeah. Now, were you ever a Boy Scout? I was not. I was okay. not. It wasn't <laughs> in the cards. That's so ironic. Yeah. So I was uh, I was definitely the kid that would actually go find used Boy Scout books and manuals and things like that <laughs> and read them. You were that geeky. I was that geeky, but I, I always wanted to be outdoorsy i wanted to be the person who went hiking and and backpacking and and went up to the mountains and all that i wanted to learn how to fly fish and all yeah so did you like practice tying knots and all those cool things like we're in the book no or did you just read the book i just read the book and 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 stared at the pictures so you Um, were an observer i was an observer which is fair absolutely fair and the reason is my you know i was outside all the time but it was taking care of the livestock or repairing fences and my we just didn't have the time to get me involved in the organizations well and i had no friends doing those things because my friends were all sports minded and they were really good at it so i was somewhere in between i was the kid who was on the ymc soccer team in blue jeans every single game because we're going out to the ranch right afterwards Okay, that's just sad. So, uh, so I never <laughs> you got were the geeky turn. soccer player. Yeah, my my family didn't really go camping. I went a few times with my dad, uh, with and and we tent camped a handful of times, and those are some good memories. But we didn't really do anything beyond some very basic, easy trips. Yeah, but you know, if you think about this, uh-huh. isn't that why the Boy Scouts were like? I don't I think invented is not the right word, but started is because kids weren't having outdoor activities, whereas the reality is you had to go work on a ranch and do the real outdoor things that. Yeah, but that that needed to be done. But it was all the same 48 acres. Yeah. Okay. well, And, and though we had some tanks on on there, we never fished them. But did you go outside and have a bonfire or start a fire sometimes? Sure. We had a lot of brush to burn. So we oh, burned brush piles. Trash piles. <laughs> well, not trash. Actual actual brush. The, well, that's trash. So, I mean, in ranches, that's trash sure, piles. Sure. So that that was it. Um, I mean, a little bit of hunting, no fishing. Um, you had life on the prairie. You just didn't have... Outdoor excursion. Yeah, but in South Texas, it wasn't even prairie. Yeah, that's it true. Was just brushy <laughs> that's true. <laughs> thorns and cactus. <laughs> so true. Okay, well, you know, if you meet Clint today, you would never know that. Um, you talked to him for a while. You can tell that you're kind of a geek, but uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
But I mean, you'll try anything now and you're outdoors and trying. And, yeah. And doing all the things. I'm trying to, to reclaim that childhood that, that felt like it passed me by for a little bit. We did a lot of camping mm-hmm. uh, when I was a kid. Um, I, I, I would say a lot. We did. We did camp, but I was never really doing much of it. So, you know, I don't know. I, I have a lot to learn, too. So you did have some camping adventures. It, it was, but it's a different format, right? Wasn't it? Didn't y'all hit the road in a Volkswagen van? Yeah, that was part of it when I did was younger. Did you do tent camping? And then we did tent camping after that. I never camped in an RV, but, but you know what? I I just felt like I didn't participate in the doing of much of it. There was there was six of us. I had three sisters, and I was silent. I was the silent partner in the whole thing. Uh-huh. So, you know, I I. I don't know. What was I'm still learning. What was little PJ doing at the campsite? Uh, the only picture of me that I have ever seen when we're camping, I was doing the dishes. So you, you so I did the dishes pitched in a little. There you go. I didn't say I didn't help. I just wasn't in charge of literally anything. Yeah, so yeah, you know, standard so, kid stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. So did you ever cold weather camp as a kid? Nope. No. Nope, never. Fair weather camping? Never. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, yeah. I was out in either the blazing hot of summer um, or I was in the cold, cold of winter. And one time I did, just a friend of mine and I in high school, I said, dang it, you know, we've we've had this ranch all these years. And, and they said when we got the ranch, we'd go camping when we never went camping. I found a friend. The two of us went camping. He had his tent. I had my tent. And it was weather like what we had yesterday. Oh, my gosh. It got down to 17 degrees and it was freezing rain the entire time. Ooh. And that was and that was the first time I ever camped on that ranch. Well, did you freeze to death? Did um, you do it right or did you do it wrong? We survived. Okay. Well, that's, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> we did break camp a little bit early. We, we managed to, to stay about 24 hours before we couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. Um, you just get tired of being that cold. Yeah. Well, he was in, he, I mean, we could, didn't want to be in the wind. It just kept on driving. Yeah. The wind is. A so he was in his tent all bundled up. I was in my tent all bundled up and it was raining and my sleeping bag got wet and that wasn't fun. Ooh. And our source of heat was, you know, we talk about these uh, propane stoves. Mm hmm. Uh, or propane uh, fire pits. Mm-hmm. We had a rudimentary version of that. He had gotten uh, an old gas log set up from a fireplace out of a house Ooh. and pulled off the fake logs. That just sounds and we dangerous. Ran a, and we ran a, a five-gallon tank to it. Well, that's something. Yeah, we had that. Um, and we, uh, and it was. Sounds kind of dangerous with two high school kids. You know it. Know. You know. <laughs> and what did we eat? Well, we got these really big cans of, uh, you know, the family size can of Chef Boardy ravioli. Oh, geez. And we just set those on top of the, the flames and well, went for it. Well, that's Boy Scout style eating. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was it was miserable. But th- this is one thing I, I say all the time. Miserable camping becomes amazing stories for the rest of your life. So what did what would you do now to stay warm? Isn't that the isn't that that's, the point? That's the deal. And that, and I think my my thoughts initially went to um, warmth of my person. Yes. Uh, and then I can deal with the other things. And then my thoughts go to warmth of my camper because if my camper is warm, I don't have to be as warm, right? Yeah, and so I balance that. I think you're absolutely right. And and I balance that with I can be more efficient with like propane and fuel and all that if I take care of my person first, because I can always adjust temperature a little bit by layers. That's what yeah. they say even yeah. at your house. Well, you don't want to you don't want to have your camper at 80 degrees. OK, you don't want to do that. So there needs to be a balance, of course. Right. But OK, here's let's hit the, that in a second. <laughs> here's here's the thing. I always think that to be warm, you have to dress up like that kid in a Christmas, Christmas story. story. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you are like the, I don't know, Puff Man or something. Mm-hmm. Now, was you that know? story set in, was that <laughs> that movie was set in like the 70s time period or 60s, 70s? Uh, I mean, it was I, made in the 80s, I don't know. but I think it was Yeah, set. it was earlier, I would think. Or it's mid-America, which is kind of always a little <laughs> bit behind. It's I don't all know. Fargo. <laughs> 
Um, so, so here's the deal. That was time period appropriate. That's the technology and the thinking of the day. And it's kind of ingrained in our minds. Everything has to be this big. You're, you're a walking pillow. You know, kind of now thing. that I think about it, you know, when we would go to my grandmother's who was in Illinois and, you know, the, they would have the, all these big, huge things. These, you know, like the long underwear was just huge mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. always on me. And then you had this big, thick like cable knit stuff to put over it, wool yeah. sweaters. And then you had these big puffy jackets. So yeah. you, you did kind of look like that. Yeah. And here's the deal. That is layering done right for that time period. Okay. With so that what, technology. So what's now? What, now, what can you do now? I'm going so to this say, is sounding really stinking expensive. It doesn't have to be. Here, Are you sure? Here's the deal. You still have to keep in mind layering. And so the layering thing that you were doing back then is not all that different, but there are some things, some different notions. Obviously, there's some high-tech stuff. I'm going to start out with what's closest to your skin, the base layer. Okay. Okay. And the base layer um, has changed a little bit. It doesn't need to be a so much of a way to keep you warm. It's a way to manage body moisture. Okay. Hmm. If you find that your skin can't get the moisture that, you know, whether it be perspiration or just what have you, um, if you can't get that away from your skin, you're going to have a lot more trouble maintaining the the temperature that's comfortable. Well, my closet has, I mean, when I look at base layers, I mm-hmm. have a handful of cotton long sleeve t-shirts. Uh, and, you know, when I was in college and we would go skiing and I always, uh-huh. looked, I, I never looked trendy. I always looked a bit lost. Oh, yeah. Kind of like you playing soccer in oh, blue yeah. jeans. I, I have a whole visual. You yeah. know, I, the first layer I always put on was a long sleeve cotton t-shirt. That was literally yeah. All I had. Yeah, and cotton cotton is probably the biggest no-no when it comes to base layers because all it does is absorb and not allow the moisture to get away from your skin. So is that like when I take my boots off and my feet are soaking wet? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you're going to find that modern things and it doesn't have to be expensive. You can find you can find things pretty easily. Um modern things are going to be synthetic or wool. The, the new, but it's not the itchy wool. It's merino. Merino. That's how. Uh, that's, that's how it's coming. The newer wool is not the itchy wool, and it's not so, as heavy, and it feels more like well, the shirt that I'm wearing right now, which is kind of, it feels like t-shirt material. Okay. But but it's not cotton, and okay. it, and it is better for moisture management. Well, don't you just go buy like one of those inexpensive silky long underwear shirts? A lot of those will not have so much cotton content in them now. If you look at the label, you'll find that it's more synthetic or wool or a synthetic wool blend. But you do want to avoid the cottons. So you look for a moisture wicking first layer right. just to keep it away from you. Right. Okay, but, so what do you put on after that? But you also want that, before we move on, you want that, that base layer to, uh-huh. to be snug against your skin. Okay, so it has to fit pretty tight. Right. So it isn't the layer that you peel off down to when you're in public. Well, <laughs> Is that what I'm hearing? To each his own, but I, I sure do. I don't know. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> maybe you would. I don't know that I, I don't know. Would I do that? Um, I mean, it's well, kind of like. I don't, I, I, if you're warming up, you're very active, you're in the middle of the day and whatever, you're moving around a lot, the sun is out, it's still cold, but the sun is out and it can and get on you. Uh, it's no problem to get down to your base layer for like your shirt or what have okay. you. Well, I just see this visual of the kind of slinky long underwear base layer. Which is largely ish. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. So what the heck? Yeah. I mean. Who cares? In some circles, you'll hear it kind of called like a rash guard, or at least it'll fit like a rash guard. I don't even know what that is. Is that a... That's a sports sort of thing. It's a sports thing. Yeah. It's It's a a base layer for sports. Yeah. So anyways, moisture wicking close to the skin does not have to be heavy or poofy. Base layer. Okay. The next layer is where we're going to talk about uh, insulation. No, you're going to talk. About I'm going to talk about insulation. I don't know anything. <laughs> okay. So let's just let's just be clear here. <laughs> so so this is the one that was that is going to likely be the bulkiest of layers, because one of the great ways to insulate and maintain temperature is to have a pocket of air surrounding your body. You so know? this is the puffy part. Yes. Like not, a cable knit wool sweater. Yeah. I mean, if that's what you got, 
fine. Put it on top of that base layer. Don't put okay. it right next to your skin. This I couldn't l- take it if it was next to my yeah. skin. <laughs> <laughs> so most uh, of the time, this is going to be not as good at moving moisture away from your body. If you can find a, a thermal layer that does actually continue the process of moving perspiration away from your body, great. That's going to be usually more expensive than high tech. But I, I'm not so scared of cotton here, but if I can avoid it, I still do. Okay, so if I'm out, I, I'm going to go camping once a year in really cold weather. Yeah. I do not want to invest in a whole bunch of expensive stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's up to you whether it's worth going to REI and picking something that's really good and using it for 20 years. Uh-huh. But you know what? If I walk into Goodwill and I uh-huh. find a good wool sweater, is that going to be good enough? Likely. Yeah, likely. And you know what? If you, if you get a... Goodwill price, get two or three if you can find them, because you can layer this second layer, quote unquote, second layer. So I could put two wool sweaters yeah. on. Now you are going to get bulkier. <laughs> absolutely. But I am going to look like Marshmallow Man. But what you're doing is you're man. increasing that that um, area of air around your body. So more warm air can hang out yeah. around me. You know, when I, when I was uh, younger and we planned on doing some of these cold weather trips that never actually happened, <laughs> um, I went to Army Navy surplus stores and bought some of the wool things that they had there and what have you. I still have some of that. Hmm. Yeah, in well, a box somewhere. You know, as, as long as it keeps you warm, that part seems the easiest to me to kind of do sure. on the fly and maybe change up when you find something that yeah. you like. So what do you put on top of that? This is what you would. This is your outer layer. You'll find it called a shell. And it's what are you trying to keep from getting back into? So so the base layer is to get moisture away from your body. Then the thermal layer is to thermally insulate you and then the shell is to protect you from things getting in that's the cold and that's the wet and the wind so you're going to have a shell if you can, are expecting just wind then something of the you know we call them windbreakers forever mm-hmm. and all that it's it's just enough it's usually not very thick it's not very heavy and it's breathable this so is, this th- is great this is where you don't need your big puff coat no Although it would work, right? That's a beauty. So this is this is the cool thing about living right now. Puff coats are, are kind of a thing right now. They have an old are school they? look, but the technology in them makes them really. I mean, you can you can squeeze those things down into like a softball. Yeah, size. I just know I finally bought one just mm-hmm. for traveling and it's magical, because right? I couldn't carry a big coat, uh-huh. and I thought it would keep me warm, and it does. Yeah, it works great. Mm-hmm. But I haven't really tried it out in super cold weather. You didn't take that to Iceland with you. Uh. I don't even remember. Yes, I did. Yeah. Did you stay pretty warm? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It was pretty, pretty cold there all the time, <laughs> you know, but I did stay pretty warm. Um, my feet uh, and my legs were the hard yeah. part. So, so if, I, that was the part that I didn't dress as well as yeah. I should. So I, I love the new puff coat, quote unquote, puff coat technology that, that's out there. It is not... It is not the same materials going into them. They are high tech. You notice you paid a little bit of money for it. I did. I paid probably $120 for my coat. It was not the most expensive one in the store. That's right. By far. Mm -hmm. But it was, in fact, one of the cheaper ones. But I bought it because it did fold up really small to Uh go in a suitcase because I do travel a lot and it's almost never cold in Texas. Uh And if I'm heading up north, it is oftentimes cold there right. even in the late spring and mm-hmm. early fall so yeah, it makes a great i want to have a coat too. yeah oh never <laughs> thought about that <laughs> so this is the thing about those puff coats um i i can see it kind of bridging the gap a little bit between that inner thermal layer mm-hmm. and the shell layer depending on the situation you find yourself in mm-hmm. it's easy to wear a puff coat as your outermost layer as long as the wind is not just brutal and as long as it's water isn't hitting you well i also brought a raincoat to iceland there yeah. because i tried to think of all scenarios mm-hmm. so i bought a raincoat which I found on sale at uh-huh. REI in one of their clearance racks. Uh, granted, it's purple, 
Um, and it's it's a purple purple. It's not it's a, a is it eggplant purple? Yeah, it's, it's a bright eggplant purple, oh. which is why I think it was on the sale rack. I was totally yeah. down with that. You're totally easy to find. If someone exactly. I I glowed in the dark, but <laughs> um, but I only wore it once because mm-hmm. it felt bit. It felt like too much. Yeah, and it was there was only one day that it was actually raining. Right. So is that yeah. But I think I wore my puff coat underneath it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I had my, I, I had layers on. I don't even remember which ones, but uh-huh. I remember putting that coat on. And the minute I could take it off, I took it off because it felt like too much to me. Yeah. yeah. But but maybe it would work good in a wind situation as well. If I am not expecting rain, I don't want a made for rain outer layer because okay. they are less breathable. And again, I'm still trying to get moisture out and if i have a really unbreathable outer layer then i'm actually inviting to us to a certain degree condensation inside See, that's the part that i just hate if i'm getting dressed and then i actually get out there maybe i overdress but then everything feels kind of wet and yucky yeah I? yeah so and i'm base not layer, using the right stuff yeah base layer avoid cotton and don't put on a shell that is not breathable unless it is going to be some pretty Pretty serious, serious weather. Wet weather. Okay. Otherwise, you're pretty much try- just trying to block the wind. Okay. Well, from a non-Boy Scout Boy Scout, I appreciate all of your input, and I'm going to try that to see if I can get comfortable in this cold weather. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about socks and shoes. Uh, Do you layer your socks? I mean, I've mm. honestly, I have feet that are so skinny. I have layered my socks my yeah. entire life. That's That was me growing up in South Texas because we had this, it was always wet, cold. We were 30 minutes from the Gulf. If mm-hmm. it was cold, it was a wet cold. Yeah, 90% humidity. And, and I didn't know anything cold. about socks. I, I didn't have ski socks or anything like that. I just had white socks from probably Hanes or Fruit Loom or something like that. And well, I know they have sock liners. Is is that worth doing sock liners and then some moisture wicking socks? How cold do your feet get? Very. And how wet do your feet get? Always. Yeah, I, I would go ahead and invest in that because the most okay. uncomfortable thing, and this, this comes from outdoors perspective, it also comes from me sitting in deer blinds and all that. The thing that would end, send me inside was oftentimes how uncomfortable my, uncomfortable my feet were. Is uh-huh. how, and if I'm sitting in the blind, it was my feet and my my derriere. <laughs> how uncomfortable those two things were is is really what mattered to me. Okay, okay. I'm not touching that one. Please Liter- don't. Literally or figuratively. <laughs> Please don't. But but I would. But I tell you what, my feet is all that matters to me when I'm cold. Then then take care of them. Okay. Get well. I did buy I did buy waterproof shoes. Uh huh. And when you were looking, okay, that's dangerous. When you were looking for waterproof shoes Uh for feet that are thinner than a double A narrow, it's stinking expensive. So I paid a ridiculous amount for waterproof shoes and I love them. They did their job. They're amazing, but I'm not very sure footed in them. They're kind of clunky. Yeah. And all the waterproof shoes were kind of clunky because they're kind of hiking. Yeah. They're kind of Gore-Tex-y on the outside. So guess what? When it's really cold Uh and it's raining, guess what? It happens. It turns icy. And then I'm not very sure footed and it scares me. So still working on that one. But those waterproof shoes were amazing. Yeah, do what you can. If it's if it's skin that can be covered in really cold weather, especially cold and wet weather, then layer it the same way if you can. Get that base layer for your feet quality. And yeah, go ahead and put an outer sock on it. And I think for you, Look at those insoles, and yeah. and I. Well, I I've got insoles. Yeah. I can I can pad them up to fit me. It's just they're not very bendable, right? And, and they, so I, it just makes me a little clunky. Yeah. yeah. Um. One more thing, I also don't do waterproof shoes or boots unless I'm expecting to be in a water situation. Oh, because then it holds all the moisture in. Because those things don't breathe. Oh, geez. They're oftentimes heavier and they don't breathe so oh, much. Now, I mean, there's new technology that is. So much better, but it is not the same as just not having a waterproof layer. Well, so we don't bore everybody to death. I am still uh, we not. I'm going to look for gloves and maybe some liners and some hats that are really warm. Mm -hmm. So, you know what? 
I'm going to be ready for cold weather. I am going to master this yeah. because I'm a Texan and I I, I haven't. Yeah. I never have. Three layers. Yeah. And cover I, your I, head. I am years old and it's time <laughs> for me to know how to do this yeah. and appreciate the cold weather. So I'm on it. If you guys have suggestions on clothing, what you love, what works for you yeah. in any of these departments, please, please let me know. Mm-hmm. Go on to our Facebook community and post something about that. Help I, a PJ out, y'all. Help, help a PJ out because I'm going to get this. I am determined. Because I'm she needs be good to, at this. Yeah, she needs to be able to, to do the cold weather camping here in Texas, but also outside of Texas at some point. Well, you know what? I I got plans. There. Let's just say it. Yeah, so let's get her ready. I got plans and I am at if I can avoid I have finally decided if I can avoid the ice, mm-hmm. I'm good. All right. So let's let's move beyond the human body and keep it warm and <laughs> warm and dry. This is so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I like awkward. I know. You do it so well. That's yes. <laughs> if I can bring us back to awkward, I will. I know you will. I will. We're we're counting on you. I have a gravity. We are counting on you, Clint. <laughs> All right. Oh, but what I do know about is trailers. Okay. Tell so me about trailers. Yeah. I can keep trailers warm. I just can't keep myself warm. Mm-hmm. Um so uh the thing about trailers is everybody comes in and shops and they say, let's start. What I need is a four-season trailer because I need my trailer to stay warm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to camp in really cold weather. And we go, are you really? Yeah. First of all, <laughs> are you really? Yeah. Well, my answer is now yes. Although, okay. you know, people always plan for the worst. They always come in and say, too, yeah, I need something that, you know, in case my grown children want to come or in case my grandchildren want to uh-huh. come, we need to sleep 17 mm. people. Do you really? And I'm like, well, <laughs> wait, did you ask them about so, this? Really? So, you know, cold weather camping, I think, is one of those things. You want to be prepared for every right. eventuality. But so what does that mean? Well, here's 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 another thing is let's just throw this out there. This is a personal mindset. You can camp in pretty much most of these trailers out there in any weather but for season what you're thinking is is that everything will work yeah you know, oh, yeah that's the thing yeah, yeah i want a trailer that will work yeah so so you can go Good below point. freezing Good in point. a trailer that that doesn't have <laughs> heated enclosed tanks you just have to drain all the moisture right. out of it and not use any of it right you just have to change the way you're camping the way you can handle your water so if you want everything to work you do need a four season camper but you know what you know i love a lot of these manufacturers that we work with but sometimes they just call it a four season camper because guess what then it sells more because people feel confident right so let's how about we define our box of four season what what do we envision that as meaning when when we hear four season we think it should mean this well every trailer that is four season should be well insulated every manufacturer out there is going to tell you they have great insulation they are all gonna i mean what trailer doesn't have insulation they all have some insulation there are some that say they have thicker walls more insulation in the roof yada yada Mm -hmm. yada Mm -hmm. really hard to determine they don't put our ratings on the insulation it's on most rare to of find these that. yeah rare. it is and if it is then they say well it's r2 for this outside wall then r7 for the inside r2 so it's actually the r11 <laughs> and you're like I, what i don't know no sort it so wherever i find like the lowest r number that's what i say the r is well and that's just me personally i'm like well if the sidewall is this r and the roof is that r and the <laughs> bottom is this r what's the lowest r <laughs> And and you can't find those numbers with manufacturers. That's so hard. And here's the catch, right? Put your hand up against that window. Mm-hmm. Where do you think you're losing all that heat on that trailer? It is not the walls or the ceiling yeah. or the floor. Yeah. You can insulate them all you want, but that window is where you're going to lose all that heat because that window's so cold. Yeah. So... I say, yeah, if they have thicker walls, that's nice. But the reality is, if you don't have dual pane windows, that's where you are going to lose your heat and cold. That's where the outside Mm -hmm. temperature is going to affect the inside temperature the most. Okay. 
And in those vents on the top, you know, those little 14 inch square vents yes, that open yeah. and those power fans that we all love. Right. Well, that is a single layer of plastic. A single layer of cheap plastic. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all of those places are going to be where you're going to lose the heat and the cold. And or those vents are at the top. So if the warm air is rising, it's going right to those vents because at the highest point. Yeah. So that's another another thing that I think you need to ask if you're looking for a four-season trailer is, does it have dual-pane windows? And thermal windows, dual-pane windows, they used to kind of mean different things. There used to be second layer that you could clip in. Mm-hmm. That It's not that way anymore. Okay. So it, it is like houses. There's two layers of stuff there, and and that's what you want to look for if you want a super insulated trailer. But well, well, in in the realm of windows and the vents and all that, this is a good place to say they make products to help insulate those. They do the the pillows, the little pillow that sticks up in your vent. Yeah, use I love it. Those. Get it and use it. It it's really, huge. really, really helps. And you can find some way to cover. You know. Yeah, you can make windows. thermal wrap and put a little Velcro on it and stick it over the windows. The foil. The re- yeah. yeah. The reality is. You know, if you're going to be camping in really cold weather, below freezing, mm-hmm. try to get a dual pane window. Yep. It's huge. Mm-hmm. But when most people talk about four season camping, mm-hmm. three season camping mean it's well insulated. You're going to do pretty well. Four season camping generally refers to the water in your trailer because the water's going to freeze. If you've got your trailer set up and built to keep it from freezing, that is technically is a four season camper okay and we're talking about all the waters all the waters (laughs) the fresh waters the gray waters and the black waters and the dumping valve Uh, the the dumping mechanism yeah the valve yeah all of that so yeah so if you have a trailer that says four season and they have heating pads on those tanks Uh saying yeah just turn on your heating pads that'll keep your tanks from freezing but well it will keep your tanks from freezing to a certain point Right. Not as good as a heat in an enclosed underbelly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Not at all as good. So, but if I'm looking at kind four, of four season, if I'm looking at a four season quote unquote four, rated four season trailer, it's still worth my while to get on my knees and look underneath because what I'm looking for is for that underbelly to be enclosed mm-hmm. and I don't in in a real good four season trailer i'd rather not to actually see the valves underneath i'd like to know that those good valves point. are inside tucked up and covered up underneath that underbelly that's right i can see the pools but not the valves themselves and it's kind of a two-edged sword because well i guess not really if you're in cold weather right uh-huh. um it, you have to have these long valves that actually go into the underbelly. Right. So if there's a slice valve that needs to be replaced and it's inside that enclosed to to underbelly, it. you've got to take some of that down to be able to fix it. Right. However, if you really are going to camp in super cold weather, mm-hmm. better not don't to you have dump your, Don't you want to dump your tanks? <laughs> well, yeah. And this comes back to if you have a four season camper, you the reason you want that is because you want everything to work. To work. That's right. And it won't work. Mm-hmm. If you're in freezing weather, your tanks may not freeze, but that that dump valve is going to freeze and you can't dump your tank. Mm-hmm. And then you're in the same boat. Yeah. Now, you know what? There are even trailers out there that have enclosed tanks, but not all the tanks. Some of Why? them. Well, good point. Did good it make point. a point? <laughs> I, I, I don't know why, but that's out there. So you want to ask if all of them are heated and enclosed. And some of it has to do with there's not enough space under the trailer. Okay, what about this? What about this? I think this still counts technically as heated and, and enclosed, but you have the, the holding tanks for gray water and black water, like literally underneath the flooring. Mm-hmm. But you have the freshwater tank somewhere located like maybe underneath the bed. So it doesn't have a heating pad on it. The other two have heating pads. This mm-hmm. one has venting underneath the bed and you're spo- and it's heating is the furnace is actually getting warm air to it. Is Do you count that as heated and enclosed? 
I think so. Okay. Here's the catch, though. Okay. The lane, the lanes, the lines. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I get so excited <laughs> because you know you want people to understand yeah. the details. So the water lines that actually are leaving from the freshwater tank going to wherever the they go. What have you. Yeah. If if they're if they're exposed underneath the trailer then they're going to freeze. So what most manufacturers do is they get that insulation spray foam Uh and they just spray on top of those lines so they're insulated. And you know what? That probably works for a period of time. But enough road debris kicks up there, knocks some of it off, your lines freeze. I don't like it. Yeah, it can happen. So you have (laughs) to understand what's under your trailer. And Mm -hmm. never, ever, ever... When you are shopping for a trailer, be afraid of getting underneath your trailer and looking at it. Yeah. You don't know what you'll see. And if you have bad knees, tell the salesman to get down there and take pictures for you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now now that, that brings up, okay, now I'm down there on ground level looking up. I want to see that the underbelly is all closed up. I don't want to see the actual valves. Pools mm-hmm. are fine, but the valves, I want to be closed up there too. And I don't want to see any water piping traveling out of that closed up underbelly and back into it. I don't want those exposed. What about the low point drains and things like that? Because that seems to me low point drains could be a place for for freezing, a freeze point. And even the outdoor shower, uh, the spray port. And oh, all that. you know what? Outdoor showers always freeze. I mean, that is, just, that is just one of the difficulties of really cold weather. So if you have an outside shower, see if you can uh, unscrew and take off the shower head part of it. Okay. Because it's really hard to get all the water out of that unless you drain the entire trailer. Is there a way just to winterize just the outdoor shower? No, not that I know of. Uh, see, that'd be, that might yeah. be a thing. Yeah, it would be really cool if your outside shower was inside a compartment and had a compartment door Mm -hmm. and then it had some heat going into that. And there are some campers like that, but not many. Right. But as far as low point drains, you know, they're only going to stick out, what, an inch from under the- Yeah, preferably. Yeah, not too much. So you're really not going to get a whole, it's going to be close enough to the heated part that it's generally not a problem there. Okay, if you're not moving much, should you go out and, you know, those residential foam uh, covers that you put on your outdoor faucets at home? Uh-huh. If it's going to get cold enough, you're not moving. Should you like go get a couple of those and like cinch them up to your low point drains? You know, if you really want to. I mean, if you're that door, I am. Yeah, he is. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Might be something I do. <laughs> yeah, but we haven't talked about how do you get water into your trailer? Because there are heated hoses that you hook up to the hydrant. And if that's the case, yeah, there are heated hoses that you can buy that will, at the campsite, stay warm so that water can go into your trailer. How are they heated? Because I worry about electrifying water carrying they have a little insulation on them that's a little heated wire thing, and you just plug it in, and then you turn on the hose. Does it plug into the- Right there um, at your your faucet? Mm Okay, 110 plug? Yeah. Ooh, and there's, I, I mean, there's a couple of different ways to do that, but uh-huh. yes, I, I mean, I personally line my hose with hand warmers. You have to change them out a few times a night, but oh, it's geez. fine. You do not. <laughs> All right, guys, in case you can't tell, he's kidding. I mean, so there's ways to do that, but you have to think about that as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. What about the old put a 70 watt light bulb under your trailer trick? Yeah, you know, it's, it's maybe for a quick freeze yeah. in Texas. That goes right back up the next day. Because we always did that in the, like the pump house at the ranch and all that. We yeah. go out there and put a light bulb on in the pump house. Well, you also did that, you know, to keep your chickens warm and all kinds of things. But yeah. but that's an enclosed in the mm-hmm, house mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that it's heating the space. Okay. What about these RVs that you see out there? They're stationary for a while. They also mm-hmm. do like a skirt on the outside. Would that be beneficial? Well, if you don't have heated holding tanks and you want to keep and you don't want to drain it yeah you could try that but you know what i am not a fan of an electrical light bulb underneath your trailer no just you know nah well just drain it all just drain it or winterize talking it. about bringing their grandkids and all that mm-hmm. you know what they love they're supposed to be camping outside anyways you just stick them underneath there to, to keep an eye on things yeah make them your hand warmers yeah <laughs> <laughs> stick your hands in their pockets but uh, go under there and maybe some in your easy bake oven <laughs> <laughs> you know the other thing is that if if you don't have a super uh 
four season trailer and you're out there, you can drain the fresh water and drain the lines, but you can still put antifreeze down into the gray and black tank and and run your furnace and then your gray and black tank you can still use your camper oh, as yeah. long as you have potable water in a in a, a carrying jug or jug. something yeah. yeah that makes sense yeah there's no reason why that antifreeze has to be the only thing in your tank if it's that's right if it's gray water yep. and black water that's going to be going down into the sewer station anyways that's right just pour that antifreeze down into your gray and black tank carry some potable water to drink with and you know maybe some gallon jugs to flush the toilet with a little bit if you need it and you're good to go it seems to me now there's always that trick in in a pinch and it's not going to be a really long cold snap there's always that trick of i don't know if it's tequila or or Oh, yeah, you uh, can always pour your extra or, vodka in there. But it seems it's, to me that you wouldn't want to so do bad. that method in your gray and black tank if you're actually still using them. Why? I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know the chemistry there and what, if there's any reactiveness or if it's going to, Like know. if you were using formaldehyde in your black tank, yeah, the formaldehyde and, and you're still digesters. Using, yeah. I, I it won't hurt. I can't imagine that it would hurt you. All right, guys. How is it going to mix if you're using a tank digester and vodka? Yeah. And you're using and, it? And, and, and I, then the ammonia? And I might I be completely know. off base here because I am no chemist or anything. But but it, I guess for some reason in my mind, it mixes. It's like I was always told to be careful of things like mixing bleach and ammonia. Well, and, and that's absolutely yeah. true. But ammonia and vodka? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Sounds fine to me. (laughs) I don't want to drink it. Let's, uh, but. Looks fine on the surface to my untrained eye. (laughs) But uh, yeah, four season camping. I mean, I got the trailer part down. I'm not worried about the trailer. I'm worried about keeping me dressed and warm Uh because I want to go outside. I don't want to go camping and just hold up in my camper just because it's cold outside. So I'm going to try your tricks. And when you're camping, you try my tricks. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Okay. And and one of the th- issues that people run into when they're uh-huh. keeping their trailer warm uh-huh. is oh, the, yeah. the condensation issue. Huge issue. Yes. And don't be afraid to crack that vent just a little bit if you're running the propane furnace. Yeah. Those propane yeah. furnaces create so much humidity. It's just like the moisture wicking you were talking about mm-hmm. with clothes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. If things are damp, then it's cold. Yeah. And you want the window frames are going to get sometimes the wettest, it, especially uh-huh. if it's like exposed metal. Some of some yeah. of the trailers have yep, the yep, metal yep. frame or yep. or an A-liner with the, the piano hinge. It's metal. That's where you're going to uh-huh. get. It's going to get the coldest. Um, but if you've got space heaters, plug those guys in. They do so well. Uh-huh. Electric heaters and they don't cause all the condensation. So if you're in a super wet area and uh-huh. that's a problem in your trailer then that's another way to go. You if, know what if the, you're going to have power, can't you just bring a small dehumidifier? If you're okay with empty, you can run a dehumidifier. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. You could run your propane heater and a dehumidifier. As long as you have power. Now, mm-hmm. I, I like to camp in situations where I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something we talked about before. I don't like to heat my trailer all the way up to the residential comfort level that I would. If it's if it's freezing or below freezing, I actually only tend to heat my trailer up to about 60, maybe not even that. And then I use my clothing choices to get me to comfortable. Well, that's that's cold weather camping, right? Yeah, should be. Yeah. In my mind. So it's yeah. more energy efficient. But you know what? There's the the static dehumidifiers that are just little beads that soak up the water. Right. Um, there's a whole bunch of brands out there. They're refillable. They are super cheap and worth having, especially if you're boondocking remote camping mm-hmm. and you're running that propane heater, then you might want to take some humidity out of the air. Yeah. So, How do you feel about um, opening all the cabinet doors and things like that? Depends on your trailer. Yeah, because those things can be like little hot spots or cold spot traps, you know. I, I think it depends on your trailer. And, uh, you know, I don't care if my dishes get cold. You I don't? don't really care. No. So it's kind of heartless. I, it is. I really don't care. <laughs> uh, but I might open it if it goes to, say, the water 
heater that has some water lines coming and going from it. Okay, so, so be selective. I might it, open it, it, open that yeah. one. If I might open the one underneath the sink because there's P-trap there, yeah. especially if my trailer is not going to be heated up to 60 degrees. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to keep it kind of chilly in there just so things don't freeze. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially if it's can't if it's parked and you're turning on the furnace just to keep it from freezing because you didn't winterize then you want to open the cabinets give it every opportunity Uh you know in those areas to stay warm but past that you know i don't care i don't open all the cabinets i just don't stress about it Mm -hmm. when it's cold now that being said i have not camped in extreme cold for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. I have only done Texas cold, where it gets cold and then it goes away. Yeah, so, much faster than it is this week. Yes. What is going on down here? <laughs> I'm gonna change that though. I wanna know how to spend a week in freezing weather. I wanna know how to do that. So y'all stay tuned. I'm gonna mm-hmm. chase down that cold weather. Mm-hmm. All right, well, th- I feel pretty good about you know, kind of going through this. It's good to jog your memory and, and you know, I got to share on, the personal comfort end of clothing and you got to share your wealth of knowledge on the trailer side of things. Well, do we I, miss anything? Oh, I'm sure we did. Okay. I'm sure we missed something. So let us know your questions. Let us know what we missed. And uh, yeah, we'll get smarter. I, I like I'm it. all for getting smarter yeah. because guys, I'm going to do this. I am going to do that. And I know I, just, I feel like saying I'm declaring some huge. I'm not going to climb Mount Everest here. Yeah. I know there's a gazillion people who are like, oh, pff, this is not that big a deal. But it is for me because I have endeavored done. Yeah. So you may have noticed PJ is all about making these declarative statements. I'm going to and all that. Um, I typically don't do that because. They're going to hold you accountable. You know what? I said I was going to get a trailer. I got a trailer. I am moving forward. It is the year. Perfect. Perfect. I like it. Okay. While we are wrapping this up, don't forget to check out our good friends at Truck Camper Magazine. They support us. They do great work. They support the community. You will learn something no matter what your type of RVing. They have stories and and testimonials and equipment. They have everything you need to be inspired and to outfit with some knowledge it's yep. fantastic check truck- it out mm-hmm. truckempermagazine.com and next time we hope to have Lindsay back with us um, this has been bittersweet I know sweet because we, we miss you Lindsay yeah, sweet because we, we managed to record without her and bitter because <laughs> we managed to record without her so, so true either way um, this has been a blast thank you again everyone for joining us don't forget to check out the show notes at rvsmalltalk.com join us at the in the Facebooks at RV Small Talk community group and we will see you in the next episode Don't don't be logical or sane. Just ask the kids. I want no logical and sane. <laughs> Just ask the kids. They will tell you that. You need to put that logical and sane somewhere else for okay. the next few minutes while we record. Okay. I'll do my very best. Maybe right. I maybe I need a cool hat like you. Well. I'm sure Laura <laughs> found it on sale somewhere because it showed up on my head one day. <laughs> <laughs>